The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Friday, January 27th. The Friars coming off um, a 79-58 victory over Butler two days ago. We'll host Villanova, or excuse me, not host. We'll be on the road at Villanova on Sunday at noon, FS1. Um, BOC, let's start with the Butler game. Province comes out of the gate slow. Um I don't know about you, but the beginning of the game didn't happen because we we're waiting for a certain game to, to uh, wrap up before we could get it on FS1. But Friars find themselves down um, 16-9, 14-7 as well, I believe, and then flip the switch and just absolutely bury Butler. Um, what were your thoughts at the game? couple thoughts. It, it's, hard, it's hard to win by double digits in the Big East. Providence has done it twice to Butler. Um, Butler's ready to never see Devin Carter again. He had a double-double with two steals and a block. He just continues to be a terror. The bench was amazing. We've been calling for it all year. The bench needs to be more productive. Well, sure enough, and I think it coincides with Bynum returning. Sure enough, the bench put up, was it, 31, uh, 35 total points, uh, led by Floyd Jr. and more. So with Bynum getting back into the fold, Breed probably getting eventually uh, back into that six-man role, and then Floyd and Moore coming on the bench, which was perceived as a weakness, might turn into, uh, I don't know if strength might be too strong of a word, but might become an asset. You know what's interesting, BOC? Yeah. I kind of just thought of this. Probably have to wait and see how it goes. But they were able to get by with Breed and no Bynum. And again, I'm not saying Bynum should come off the bench, but I do think maybe it opens the question because, you know, like you said, he came off the bench in this game and instantly delivered. Uh, the lead was was more <clears throat> employed, in, in, in and we'll get to them momentarily, and rightfully so. But I do think it's no coincidence that Jared Bynum comes in this game and then all of a sudden the Friars just got a bolt of energy. He was the spark that he was a spark that they needed in a very similar way to last year. And it's just so great to have him back because, like, you talk about a guy. What he had like three assists in this game. Four, no I believe. Oh, yeah, three assists. You're right. You're right. 
Three assists, no turnovers. Yep. Um, in in limited minutes here, eleven minutes of play, four points as well. A little rusty from three, but that was expected. Um, it's huge. It, it, it's massive. It's great to see him back. All right, let's switch over to Floyd and more. I rewatched the tape and began the game. Province was selling for jumpers. Something that this team can hit. Like it's not, I don't think it's the worst offense in the world, but shots so we, aren't going we, in. We bail our teams out when we do that. Or we bail yeah. the opponents out, I should say, especially Hopkins specifically and Carter to a certain extent. They can get to the rim at will. Maybe not at will, but they can get to the rim with ease against most opponents and settling for jumpers is bailing them out. Yeah. I, would love, I would love to see. And then they changed that in the late first, early second, where they started attacking the rim more. Right. So, so here's the deal. Um, yeah. When you're missing it and all of a sudden Butler's hitting shots, they're getting confident that U12 timeout happens. They're down seven. Floyd comes in. First play he does. Gets it. Yep. Attacks the hoop. Gets the line. Two free throws, bang. Um, Carter then with a steal and e- easy layup. Two more points. Um, and then I forget what the other was. Was it Hopkins? They, they get another stop, and then I think Hopkins scores. Yep. Um, timeout Butler, I believe it was. Then you got Floyd banging a three. Then you got Cliff just going to work on the inside. Five of six from the floor, O of one from three. So he hit all his shots inside. He hit that very nice reverse under the hoop layup. That was seemed like a little bit of a gift. And he yeah. also had that nice little post up on Lakosha's fadeaway from about ten feet out. That was nice too. Mm-hmm. Um, so those guys came in and it immediately attacked the paint. Then it got some more outside looks going. And before you know it, the seven-point deficit turns into a seven-point lead for the Friars. And then, um, you know, pass one and down, Donnie Marshall's like, oh, if you're Butler, you got to get this thing within five. Like, you played so well to start the game. Like, you, you got to get it within two possessions. Feel real good about yourself. What happens? Devin Carter hits a tough three. Falling down, probably a foul. Yeah. Falls in the Butler's bench. 10 point game. And then they get a steal and an almost a half court buzzer beater. And then that's your half. Uh, Friars up 10. The Floyd Jr., I, he's supposed to be a freshman in college, right? He reclassified early, spent a year and redshirted at UConn, spent a year just in the weight room. Clearly, he's a monster. I look at him, seeing him play downhill, and then adding, adding the, you know, the three-point stroke, he is going to be such a nightmare for the rest of the Big East in maybe next year, but I think his redshirt junior year, he is going to be, I've said this a couple times, but like those pit Jamie Dixon guards who are well-built, stocky, and just absolute bullies, like reminds you of the New York, New Jersey, tough street, street smart point guards, um, Floyd Jr. is going to be incredible. I'm I'm really excited to see him come on because this is another asset. So yeah, that end of the first half, we turn the tide and it has to do with Bynum returning, in my opinion. Then we talked about at halftime. I tweeted, we were up 10. It felt like the lead was 20. I wasn't concerned at all. I thought it was just a matter of time before we stepped on on the throats and just ended the game. 
Yeah, and guess what happens when the second half starts? We'll see Friars instantly go on a 6 0 run, and it's 16. And what did I say about Butler? You get to this game to 15 points at any point in the game, Butler is going to fold, and that's exactly what happened. Um, quick shout out for Jaden Pierre. You know, he didn't have his best game five points, four assists, two rebounds in 17 minutes, two of five from the floor, one of two from three. But he did have that nice alley oop from Hopkins. Uh, he liked that, got the crowd into it. Yeah, he was happy. Um, so, solid game from him. He, he made some mistakes with like the um, post entries, had a couple silly fouls, a couple silly turnovers, but whatever. I, I think the more you can kind of build him up too as we go along here will be important. Um, I guess really one other main thing I have about Butler, and you can add other stuff if you like. Um, CMOS Lukosius, man. Huff day at the office for him. He comes out, and I think he hit his – they were saying, at least in the broadcast, that his first two shots, uh, that was the part of the game we didn't get to watch due to yeah. certain teams' failed comeback attempt. Um, so, Lukosius just – I kind of felt bad for the guy. Our first three blocks, all on him. Moore, Crosswell, and I believe Carter just denied him emphatically. Uh, on top of that, he got abused on the defensive end. Hopkins That's- went to work. Um, like I said, uh, Cliff Moore had a few buckets on him. They found him, and they went to work. Uh and that's what makes it so dangerous, man, is that we have guys that can exploit some serious matchup problems. And, I mean, I know Hopkins doesn't even have his be- – I mean, he ends up finishing with 16, a bunch of dunks at the end for him before the the uh, walk-ons came on. But um, don't even get a best – that's what I love about Hopkins, man. Not a great game from him, 16 and 7, 6 of 10 from the floor. Well, that's his his floor at this point is like fifteen and six. Yeah, it's crazy what he's doing. We need to be ready for him potentially leaving after this year. And oh yeah, for sure. And I think if that does happen, it means something good has happened in the postseason. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and on top of that, I think um, you know who knows. Brad Stevens was in the house. Maybe uh, Hopkins is trying to show out a little bit. Dude, also we could talk about Hopkins maybe leaving early. This injury, maybe Bynum sticks around. I think every he has another year left. Again, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. He has another year left due to the COVID year. Um, Some people may just be done with college and want to start professionally, but with the NIL, we've seen a lot of his posts talking about meeting up with him after the game at whatever that restaurant is. One ten grill. He might he might own it if he comes back. No, but that that, somebody like Bynum who was perceived as an all-conference player. He is an all-conference player. He might even be in the running for first-team all-biggies next year if he comes back. He can make probably as much, if not more, money with NIL deals than he would going to play in some random European city, you know? Yeah, for sure. And Uh, that's that's, We talk a lot about how the NCAA is so corrupt and how it's all messed up, and there's a lot that needs to be changed. I agree with. This is something where NIL is helping improve the college basketball game. Yeah, and also I, I just like that there's just no rules anymore. It's great. Just like Outback, yeah. Yeah, just like Outback. Um, I mean, I hated when 
before NIL, it was like certain teams could cheat while others couldn't. And like, that just sucks. Now everyone plays by the same rules that there are no rules. And it's fantastic. Maybe that's that's why Kentucky isn't doing that well. It's a great point. Great point. Um, All right. So you got anything else on Butler? Because, you know, good win, but we we got a big one. They, uh, I don't know if Hunter is supposed to be this, but Thad Mata needs to find a point, a pass first point guard. They, it is too difficult for them to score in half court sets. They need to fix that. So, priority number one, two, and three in the transfer portal. And they did a great job last year with Manny Bates. They need to find a legitimate Big East starting pass first point guard. No, I definitely hear you there. Um, maybe you can find another by Conley. Who knows? <laughs> Which is funny because Hunter is kind of a smaller version of him <laughs> without, yeah. without the skills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, without the skills. Yeah. Uh, all right. So big one on Sunday, BFC. And I know the record, the records may not indicate it as such. And I know, you know, we have our preview article out, we gave our predictions. Um, Friars going to Villanova on Sunday. 12 p.m. FS1. The Cats are 10 and 10 on the year. I said it from day one, BOC. I said, Villanova, this is not your Jay Wright's Villanova Wildcats. It won't be. It can't be. It's hard to expect it to be. And so far, it hasn't been that way. But I will say Villanova has played better as of late. They've won two straight. They had that hiccup at Hinkle. I know it's Georgetown, St. John's. I know they have their woes. But at the same time, we do have to slay the beast. You know, see? That's, the, that's the big thing. Forget about their record and their statistics. They are 10 and 10. They're 5 and 6, I think you said, or 5 and 5 uh, in conference. If In our preview article, you look at the statistics and how they rank up relative to the rest of the Big East teams. They are the definition of average to below average honestly their assists are horrendous um their blocks are horrendous their their scoring is not all that great i think it's ninth at 70.4 they're just not a great team they're not even a good team but it's the villanova on the front of the jersey and they have been objectively speaking crushing us with our crushing us from making progress in the past think about all the big east tournament losses Think about even last year when we won the Big East uh, Conference. We still lost to them. We need to get over the hump of this isn't the Jay Wright Villanova teams. This is a new era. And while Villanova has taken a step back, I think just as much we've taken a step forward. And we need to show that with a win on the road, a solid win on the road. Yeah. Um, you know, Villanova is just too reliant on Caleb Daniels at this point. And he's a great player. I really like him a lot. But – He's literally has to do everything. And I feel like there are times where he forces shots because he's like, I'm the only one that can give us some offense here. Which is- Archie Jackman has been mostly terrible. Uh, he's been better of, of, of late, but mostly terrible from him. Um, yeah. Mark Armstrong, the freshman, they expected stuff out of him. Hasn't really panned out. They've had to go to that housing kid. Hasn't really panned out. Um, you know, Dixon, who was so valuable last year, 
when he has no other help, it's like you've seen him kind of take a step back a little bit. Um, Dixon look like looks like he spent all offseason in the weight room. He's put on some muscle. The thing we need to do with Villanova, and we, we've been saying this for 10 freaking years, stop biting on the pump fakes, make them beat you, make them beat you and stay in front of them. So many times they blow by you and get an easy bucket or they blow by you and then have the assist because we have to have help D come and help. And then they bury a three because we're biting on the head fakes. And Dixon, even though he's a big man and does that in the post, he's fantastic at that. He's very methodical about his post moves and he will pump fake and head fake three or four times in one sequence and wait for you to jump. So if I'm Cooley, I'm telling Croswell, listen, you're, you know, you're six eight, six nine as is. You're not exactly setting the world on fire with block shots. Just don't leave your feet. If he's going to make shots, let him make shots over you. Same thing goes with everybody on the perimeter. If they're going to bury a three, let them do that with a hand in their face. The only they they shoot a ton of threes, but again, going back to the stats, they are very middle of the road on their three point percentage. I think they're seventh or eighth in the Big East. Make them hit contested threes and don't give them wide open looks by being overly aggressive on defense and our defense is strong enough where we can suffocate them. Yeah. And quick point though, I just want to quickly go back to the Butler game for one, for one reason. Um, I thought we had fantastic transition defense and, you know, it's probably not as um, important against this Villanova team. But if you can continue to do that, that's huge because you quell teams from getting good looks uh, and having them really have to work in the half court to get it. And I think this Villanova team has had to work in the half court to get their offense, and it's been tough on them this year. So um, something to think about there. But, all right, we got to address the elf in the room. Jeez, Justin Moore. Rumor has it he will be coming back for this game. Is that is that actually true? Yeah, I mean, Fanta reported it. We trust John. We trust John with our lives. Yeah, let let him come back. Cool. I don't. When we throttle him by fifteen, I don't want any excuses. Uh, if he if he does come back, it's going to be like buying him. What is he going to play? Fifteen minutes at most. Yeah, you would think, right? Especially an injury like that. Yeah, it's not ribs. Again, it's good for them if he comes back. I don't think him being back is a reason why we win or why we lose. It's, yeah, and I, I just think for Villanova fans to expect him to be a savior, it's unfair. It's so unfair. I'm not a doctor, but I am the son of a gynecologist, BSC, and I know Achilles injuries take time. And I know from experience, from watching a lot of college hoops, recovering from an injury like that mid-season in college, very tough. Kevin Durant, who has the best doctors in the world, took him a f- over a year. He, he, he took him over a year to get back, year and a half. So, and granted, he came back and has been very good. But I just think at the college level, very hard to do. And I think it's unfair to expect a kid to do it in what eleven months. So that's where I stand with Justin Moore. But I do think 
You said like Bynum. Yeah, like Bynum, though, he could come in and give them emotional jolt. So. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I think I think it's going to come down to Providence playing its game and not falling in love with the three ball, attacking the glass, doing everything they've done all year, driving to the rim. I don't know how well Nova can defend Providence. We are a very good team. It's going to be awesome to see Whitmore on Hopkins. I think that's going to be a matchup. Yep. To, yep. To matchup to watch for for this one. I was just literally about to say. Yep. Two potential first rounders. Uh, Whitmore is, like you said, is a top five, top 10 pick, depending on where you look. That, that to me is a little bit surprising, but I guess you go off the potential. No, it's, it's all, it's CPMC. all potential. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Think about, like, think about the kid from Texas who went to the, uh, to the Pelicans, the big man who like really didn't contribute anything, in, but he was just had all the freakish athleticism. I forget his name. Um, but like, yeah, he has a ton of potential and he's a freak athlete, but he's struggled in half court sets. And if you play good defense, uh, t- tends to have some turnover issues, but Hopkins can make a lot of money in this matchup, especially if he's matched against Whitmore. I think they'll probably throw a Slater on him to give Whitmore a break. I think Slater might be a tougher matchup. Tougher. Tougher for Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah, Slater's, Slater's what, a fifth-year senior? He's strong. He's yep. shown to be aggressive. Not sure about Whitmore's defense at this point. I just haven't watched enough of him. But if Whitmore, if uh, Hopkins wants to lock in a first-round pick, these are the type of matchups where he has to dominate. So you want him to be aggressive, but not at the point of being selfish, right? There's a fine line there, and we need to make sure that we're – not hunting our own shots and just playing within the team because he has a ton of weapons around him and Carter and Locke and and Bynum uh, and Croswell. So there's, there's, that's going to be a fun one to watch. I also want to see Croswell have a little bit of a bounce back. He was like mercurial in the last game. It it was, it was strange to see his, we were, we were just rolling and he just seemed to not want to be out there. We've seen that one or two times. I know why. Why? Butler just shoved him on every single rebound. Just like literally just shoved him out of the way every single rebound. He was getting pissed. That's why. I guess. Uh, and then, then I he, mean, like, this, he had that play where he put it on the deck and got stolen and then fouled the guy. Yeah. And then Cooley took him out. And like, yeah. But yeah, I mean, listen, for the uh, Crosswell has had a few games like this and he's responded mostly throughout the year. So. For sure. I agree. Yeah. So the the one matchup I'm concerned about is the, the, the Dixon on Croswell matchup. I think Croswell will show out and it's a chance for him to, I think he could potentially get a double double because there's not a lot of size on this Nova team. Uh, mm-hmm. This is another one where who guards Carter? I don't know if they have anybody. Carter can have a, a really big game. Lock another big game. I guess you put, what do you put Arch on him or you put Arch on Bree? I, I don't know. There's, It's nice to say that we have a lot of mismatches against Villanova, which we traditionally haven't had. And besides Daniels getting scorching hot, there's not a player on that team that I'm, I'm terribly afraid of. Dixon Dixon can do some damage, but that would be us playing poor D. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about this game, besides the fact that it is Villanova and you need to get over that mental hurdle. Yeah, um, in you know, based on our predictions, I think we both kind of factored that in, baked that into our score prediction. Because, like you said, you said, you know, what can't wait till we roll them by fifteen. It could happen. 
Um, but I think you and I are a little more cautiously optimistic. Both of us predicting wins. You by what? Five points, seven points? I had it by eight. By eight. And I think I went a four-point victory or something like that? Yep. Um, so, yeah, we recognize it. And you know what? It goes back to a gift that I sent about Villanova all year long. Kevin McAllister from Home Alone saying he's not afraid anymore of the old man with the uh, shovel. Um, this is the time, man. Villanova, and yes, I, I don't want to say they've like dominated us year in, year out, because we've gotten wins. And is it, what's interesting is like, I think about, remember the game at Fargo Center where the blizzard came, we canceled it, postponed it to the next day. Yeah. It was like 500 fans. We got the win. So we've had our moments. I was, at, I was at that game, by the way. That, are you you're talking at about that the, one? I thought you were at the one. Are you talking about the Pipkins one? No. Oh, you're, oh, I know. Okay. never mind. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, there were 500 fans in that one too. Yeah. It was <laughs> Pete and I had to Nova fans. I think they have a person, they have a uh, perception about them, which is accurate. P and I were there and we had to whisper because it was like so quiet and we didn't want to trash talk too loud because we were like on the road. Yeah. But like, if you said something out loud about Providence, it could be heard 10 rows away. It was, <laughs> it was very, it was very odd. Um, so on top of that, we have a unique situation in this game yeah. where the Eagles are playing at three hosting the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC championship game. Fun fact, I didn't even know this, but apparently they tailgated at Wells Fargo. So now there's a busing situation going on, I believe, to get fans to the game. So be interesting to see the type of crowd they get at Wells Fargo. And I think that could lend itself to an easier victory for us. But now, going back to Home Alone. Um, yeah, there's just so many parallels, BOC. Um, it's time for us not to be afraid anymore, and it's time for us to win. Um, we've been fearing this team. They they get all the whistles. They were extremely clutch in years past. Most recently, the game at Providence last year. Uh, the last that, home that loss. Game, that Providence. game was incredible. They yeah. Gillespie, I'm so glad he's gone. He's gone. Jay Wright is gone. I am not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid. And you know what? Um, You know, I I know that I'm not afraid anymore is about the old guy, but kind of similarly with the wet bandits, you know, Kevin McAllister's kind of dealing with these guys kind of skirting by here and there. He's got Jordan, you know, he's got Jordan riding the choo-choo train. They think they're having a party at the house, but he's still afraid of them. Uh, but, you know, it's, I know this is not a home game, but he says, it's my house. I must protect it. We have a, an opportunity to be the ones that are the consistent top team in this conference. Not winning it every year, but consistently top team like a Villanova was. So is your metaphor, is your metaphor the house is kind of the new Big East and it's ours now? Yes. Nice correct. work. We Excellent work. Excellent. We must defend it. I might watch Home Alone on Saturday to get prepped. <laughs> to get my mind right. Yeah. 
And the Wet Bandits are like the duo that they always have. Think about all the like the dynamic duos they've had with point guards and then just wings who just absolutely torch us. Yeah, Samuels was uh, Harry and uh, Gillespie was Marv. Marv. <laughs> yeah, he's small like Marv. Though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the good news is too, if, if we were to lose the game, I'm already prepared. I'll probably eat a lot of it, but I mean, he says what happens after that scene where he says I'm not afraid anymore. He gets face to face with the guy and screams and runs to, runs to his bed. You could use that. Hopefully oh, that doesn't happen. But uh, but yeah, I might watch Home Alone to prep for this game and get my mind. Uh, if we yeah, if we take them down, we should be staring squarely at like potentially top fifteen ranking. We'll say top twenty definitely. Yeah, and on top of that, you, you continue to position yourself to win this race. You could you position ourselves to win it, and also it helps widen the gap between like the top four in the Big East tournament. Like we, mm-hmm. I think it's really important for us to one try and win it, obviously, and repeat because that's just great for recruiting, great for the program, great for the school. But you want to play one less game, which I think we're already in that point for a Big East tournament, and you just want to have a favorable setup. So yeah, just keep winning. Yeah, I mean. And Xavier has a tough one against Creighton. There's a lot of things that could get weird. Marquette coming off the, you know, DePaul revenge game coming up. Yeah, so I was, you know, we were texting about in the group. Big day of scoreboard watching the Big East on Saturday. We had the standalone game on Sunday. But DePaul, Marquette, apparently, rumor has it, this game's at DePaul. That's going to be a sellout due to Marquette fans. And I say... It's time for the demons to get their revenge. Uh, so I think it's possible DePaul can beat Marquette at home. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's very possible and maybe even likely that Creighton beats Xavier on Saturday. I think so, too. That's- so that makes this game paramount, BOC. We had uh, the game against Marquette. Was it the game against Marquette? Xavier lost to DePaul that night? Yeah. We could have got back into a tie for first, then we missed the opportunity. But it's fine. Marquette's a good team. Might have been Korean, actually, now that I think about it, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was. But, yeah, Friars with a real opportunity this week. And, you know, got to get over that mental hurdle. But if they can do that, they can position themselves in a really good spot. Because you got two two NX, and honestly – I've been saying it. I think that ultimately may decide the Big East. Marquette can certainly still win it too. Creighton, the way they're playing recently, they're definitely in the hunt. UConn, they got a lot to fix. Uh, I think Hurley already conceded the regular season, by the way. (laughs) He literally said, like, oh, yeah, you know, we can win the Big East tournament. That's what he said. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, think of after this. So, yeah, we're at the uh, after this game, we'll be at the halfway point, right? No, we already are. We already are. Yeah, so we're there's not a lot of games left. So these wins are really important. And again, it's Villanova. We know their reputation. We know over the past ten years they've been arguably the the best program in all of the country. I think that's fair to say. It's not the case anymore. So you need to if you could get a road win here, that's fantastic. 
Also, Villanova's like playing for something too, though. Like, obviously, they're trying to turn their season around. They're four, and, so they're four and five in conference. BFC. They played one less game than us, two less games than UConn. UConn's the only team out of eleven games, um, and they're five and six. Mm-hmm. But it's a big spot for Nova to kind of get back in this race. I don't think they can win it, but they're probably thinking what you're thinking: Can we get into the top four? Yeah. So right. it's a big game. I'm yep. excited for it. Same here. You got anything else? No, I'm I'm ready. It'll be fun to, like you said, scoreboard watch on Saturday and know that potentially with a win on Sunday, we are back atop the uh, back atop the leader board. Yeah, and then the, those Xavier games loom large, man. I not to get ahead of ourselves with that, but um, my early indication is like I can see anything happening. I can see them sweep us. I can see us sweep them. And then I think most likely scenario split. <laughs> yeah. But um but yeah, it's gonna be awesome. But do you do you have anything else left for the pod before we close though? I do not. Are you sure? Uh well if we want to talk about so there's this weird there's this weird thing going on where the more UConn loses, the better their rankings are in the analytics system. So the net and Ken Palm, they just continue to increase despite all their losses. So it's I don't know if they're increasing BOC, but they're not decreasing. Like you would expect a team that's five and six in conference. Yeah. Do. And hey, but they're hanging the banner for the toughest non-conference. So that's good for them. I'm happy for them. Their non-conference was super overrated. I said that nobody wanted to listen. They uh, are that they're they're putting together uh, a care package for some of their players to let them know they're still by their side. So everything's going well in stores. Yeah. I, yeah. I went on a couple spaces um, Wednesday night. Didn't even talk problems. Any, any Whopper talk? No, I, I, I didn't hit him with any Whopper, but uh, just the whole UConn offense. And like, everyone's like, oh, their defense, they're giving up 80 points. Yeah, maybe because they shoot one of 13 from three at halftime. Yeah. Missed threes lead to easy offense. Hello. Yeah, maybe, it's they like, should, maybe they should have spent more time working on their game and calling fouls in practice rather than just posting on social media about players leaving their program. Yeah, and it's like, oh, my God. If I'm Hurley, like, I think they're – I'm not an expert. I get it. I'm just a four-foot guy that watches the games from my couch. And has boots on the ground at the end. But to me, Hurley's just got to scrap this four-out offense. It it was fool's gold in non-conference. It's not working anymore. You have a guy like Sonogo. You have a guy like Clinton backing up. You have an absolute bucket getter in Hawkins. Why is Jackson taking a million shots? You know. Also, I don't know why. Calcutta's cold. Yeah. They're bricking all these threes again. I don't know why they they go like ten deep. And it's a legitimate 10. Why don't they just press the entire game? That's what I would do. I've been calling for that forever, though. That's like, yeah, I just, yeah. I, mean, I just want our team to be like, oh, why don't we press? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't love know if that. it's viable these days, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it, it's crazy. Like, they, they don't dip anywhere. And BOC, let's do the Ken Pump check. We got to do that before we get out of here. UConn. Don't worry. Ken Palm did not change. They're still projected to lose to Creighton, but they still are going to run the table outside of that. 
He's got him going eight and one rest of the way in Big East. That's so there you have it. And then before we get out of here, BOC, let's do this one more time. Are you going to be three for three? Guess the line. All right. The line will be. Well, I'm surprised. Give me a sec. He will have Providence winning by two. You're damn close. You're damn yeah. close, but but you're wrong this time. Thank God. What was Thank it? God you and Ken aren't in lockstep for some reason. What was yes, it? Providence winning this game, believe it or not. 71-70. One-point oh, okay. win. So it'll probably be a pick-up. Yeah. Probably be a pick-up. Ken and I, just we just keep rolling along together. Yeah, what is going on there? we got to fix that. All right. That about does it for another episode of the Province Crier Podcast. Again, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Province Crier. He's at BOC all day. We are blog at com. Get a shirt if you want. They're really cool. I have one. I have one. Yeah. A few others have some. Uh, and, uh, yeah, let's have a weekend. See you later, Fire Time. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, eh? Cross over, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, eh? Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh? Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, eh? I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. And you see me bumping, so we gon' let them have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe Cross over, I might throw the you. But they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth